Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I love the fact that when we come together, we love to visit with one another. I mean that. I really, really do. It's important. And uh, thankful for the body of Christ. Amen. Praise God. I'm asking Brother Flowers to come. He knew that. I didn't surprise him. He knew I was going to ask him. So I got that look. Like, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Amen. Why don't we pray one more time just where you're standing there. Jesus, we thank you. God, we give you glory and honor. Thank you for this day, Lord Jesus, that you've created and placed us in. Jesus, your word says that it's of your mercies that we're not consumed. We're thankful for that, Lord Jesus. We give you praise and glory tonight, Lord God. Jesus, be lifted up and magnified. Jesus, let there be an increase of your word. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks, Lord. We give you glory, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. You are holy, God. You are holy, Lord Jesus. You are wonderful, Lord God. You are excellent. You are worthy of all praise and all glory. Jesus, we give you glory tonight. Lord, we long for our lives to bring glory to you. We long for our lives, our words, Lord Jesus, to bring glory to you, to represent you, God, and your truth and your goodness. Lord, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I think it'd be okay if we give the Lord a hand clap of praise here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord Jesus. You're worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let your glory flow here tonight, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to let you be seated. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell on Brother Martin for a second. He's not here, and that means I can, I guess. <laughs> um, he was this. He was texting me uh, a few weeks back, and um, just kind of asking how things were going back and forth. And he said that he had got a chance to, in his witnessing, um, with some new co-workers, he said he had a chance, or actually, no, sorry, this was at one of the classes he was teaching. He had a chance to share the goodness of the Lord. And the way that he worded that, uh, before I knew what all goodness he was talking about, I just knew that what he was sharing and what he was feeling and saying, it was an example of the goodness 
of the Lord. And I'll just go ahead and say, if whether things are going good for you or not, whether you feel like things are going good for you or not, we still can boast about the goodness of the Lord. Because He's good whether I perceive what's happening as good or not. That doesn't mean, oh, he's not good, or he hasn't been good this week, or... No, it's, it's, it's his goodness. And we live in a world where they need to hear about his goodness. There are a lot of people in a lot of situations that need the goodness of God. Need to experience it, feel it, hear about it. I spoke in Union Gap on on Sunday, and um, a little bit of what we talked about was sowing the seed. And the parable that says the word of God is the seed. It says the seed is the word of God. And really, if you are, as the scripture says, meditating and delighting, in the Lord, his word, his laws, then whatever you say, anytime you get a chance to talk to anyone, it can be and it should be an opportunity to share the word of God. I even put it, this is, it was kind of humorous, borderline scary, because I brought up an example. Somebody might even ask you, what's your opinion about the president. And uh, yeah, that's borderline scary. But see, the, the key here is, if they ask me what is my opinion, that's just one example, whatever it is of, my opinions and my thoughts should be shaped by the word of God. And therefore, when I get to share my opinion or my thoughts, if it is rooted in the Word of God, what I'm doing is I'm sharing the Word of God. I am sowing seed of the Word of God. If, that's a big if sometimes, if my opinions and my thoughts, they really aren't just my, well, I'll tell you how I feel about it, and I'll tell you what the Word of God says about it, and I'm, you know, if, if it's not the same, i got to watch that. But it should be, and if it is, then it really changes my perspective on the idea of where and how and when I get to sow seed of the Word of God. Because every conversation can be an opportunity to share that. The, the last couple of times that I spoke there in, in Union Gap, I felt the need to explain to everyone that I was a, a pacer. And I said, not like NBA, like Indiana Pacers basketball team. I walk a lot. And uh, I said, I do that. It's just, it's just something that I do as I'm talking. And um, one particular night after a service, my mother-in-law said, sometimes I just have to look down. While you're speaking, because I don't want to get motion sickness. Well, if that's you, I give you, I give you uh, permission to look down. 
But I do it as a comfort thing, not as a nervous thing. I get nervous if I have to stand still or be still or sit still. But I do this just to not be, I guess. But um, so as I was sitting here uh, praying before service, I felt a word come to my spirit from the Lord. And it was a, a word, a single word. It's not often that I feel that in, in my spirit, just him impacting me with a single word. The word was awakening. And I just felt, okay, what, is, what does that mean? How does that apply uh, to whoever it is that we're supposed to be hearing that about an awakening? I want you to read uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Look there. And, and this is a passage uh, that I believe speaks to this type of, um, I guess you could call it an awakening. Ephesians 5 and 8 is where I'm going to start. It says, For ye were sometimes darkness. But now are you light in the Lord, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Let me stop there for a second. Verse 8, it ends by saying, walk as children of the light. Verse 10 says, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And verse 11 says, reproving the works of darkness. So if I am walking in the light, and proving what's acceptable to the Lord. Then when I see something that's not acceptable to the Lord, if I just continue to walk in the light, it will reprove. It's, 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 it's the opposite. Okay? It, it will reprove what is not pleasing to the Lord. What is darkness. Simply by doing what's right. By being in the light. Verse 11, and I'll read it again. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things are reproved, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Whatever doth make manifest. If there's something that illuminates, it's the light. It's of the light. As I, as I am just simply trying to do what's acceptable to the Lord... I'm just trying to be in the light, of the light. As the scripture says, I'm just trying to be light. And whatever 
becomes illuminated, manifest. It's done so by me walking in the light. I have a little pump house out in my, at our house where I have to go. Brother Zario and I were just talking about this for service. Have to adjust our sprinkler system, the irrigation system. And, yeah, there's a light bulb in there. I don't know that I've ever changed it in the year and a half that we've been there because it's outside and I always have a flashlight or, or whatever. So if I'm going out there and it's dark before I go out there, nobody's there, no lights are on. I just know that it's dark in that little pump house. And I take with me a light. Usually it's on my phone or my keychain. And I'm walking as light. That's what I'm doing. Trying to do what's right. I'm trying to not stumble on things. Trying not to, to bump into things. Or, or I'm just waiting for one of these days that a critter is going to become illuminated by the light. But if, if so, then what's there, it becomes manifest because of the light that I brought into that darkness. If it's a little frog, I'll try to be okay with that. There was one of those once. Uh, but my light being inserted into the picture is what caused that to be illuminated, that thing. The scripture says again, whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Verse 14, wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, if I'm walking, if I'm using this analogy, and I'm walking circumspectly, I've just kind of got a 360 flashlight thing going on, okay? Circumspectly means I can see and I'm aware of my surroundings, what all is going on around me. I'm telling you, I feel the Lord wants to help us here tonight if we'll listen to this. If I am aware of my surroundings, well, I've got my light, it's in me. The verse we were starting said, Sometimes you were darkness. It didn't even say you were in darkness or of darkness. This scripture says sometimes you, in the past, you were darkness, but now you are light. So I've got this light. I'm trying to work, walk circumspectly and be aware of all my surroundings. Now, the, I guess you could say the simple application of this is... If it illuminates something that I know is not supposed to be there, then I can get rid of it in my life. If I've got this light shining and it's illuminating and I'm walking with wisdom, awareness, and I see some, oh, what is that? I've never noticed that before. Then the light helps manifest that thing so that I can deal with it. But the, the next verse, following all that we just talked about, I think is very 
telling of what it means to walk circumspectly. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Many translations of that verse, they say, making the most of the time, of your time. Making the most of it. How do I make the most of my time? How do I redeem my time? By walking circumspectly in light and being aware of what's going on around me. I got to tell you this story. Every time I tell it, it gets a little bit more embarrassing, I think. I told it to my wife. I told it to Elder Hart. I told it to my mother who's here tonight. I was at the grocery store uh, not too long ago, and I, I, I guess I could tell myself and say, in that instance, I was not walking circumspectly because I wasn't aware of what all or who all was going on around me. I'm pushing my cart on my way home from work, just picking up some things for the house. And I see kind of this figure of a person. And uh, I was turning to go check out, and he was kind of ahead of me in that same. But he, what caught my attention was the way that he was sort of looking at me. So I think he must have noticed me first, and I thought, um, there's something familiar about this person standing here the 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 outer appearance that I'm seeing on him doesn't really look like the last time I saw him and and I'm thinking is it him is it not him maybe it's him maybe it's not but I could tell from the from his posture you ever see you know maybe somebody you went to school with and you haven't seen him in 10 years and you think I'm pretty sure that's that person I don't even know when is the last time I saw them. But that's got to be them. Maybe they're with people you don't recognize or, or in a, a different just setting, setting that, and things are different. But, but this individual was there, and it caught me so off guard and unaware that I just had to keep pushing my cart and let this process <laughs> in my mind as I... Um, left that situation. And, and the whole time I'm, I'm thinking, Lord, what is going on here? That, you, you shocked me, God. I didn't know you could do it to that degree in, in a moment like that. But you stunned me by that interaction. So caught off guard, so unaware that I completely missed that moment. Now, here's what I'm feeling. If I would have been doing as the scripture says, walking circumspectly. Now, that doesn't mean I got to like be looking up and down every aisle and, you know, what's going on? Who's who's over there? You know, but if I am just aware and really what I'm talking about is a sensitivity. That can only come from God. From his spirit. But as I develop that, as I try to make myself aware and sensitive to that, then what I'm doing is I'm walking circumspectly. And I can make the most of the time. Whatever the, whatever the situation I find myself in. 
I become sensitive to it and aware, and all of a sudden the Lord can, hey, Caleb, look over there. Shine your light over there. John, this, John chapter 3, verse 30. I've got a couple of verses I want to share here. This is a simple verse, uh, but simple to read. I don't know about so much an application, how simple it is. It says, he must increase, but I must decrease. The only way that he can increase is if I decrease. I'll say that again. The only way that he can increase is if I decrease. I cannot just simply go about my day praying, I need more of you, 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 I need more of you. While I am just going about my time doing my own thing and wondering, why am I not seeing more of you? I'm praying it. I'm wanting it. It's actually my sincere desire to see more of you. But where is my decrease? It doesn't work that way. If I, if I told my wife, I want us to have the best relationship. I want us to have a stronger relationship. And I don't make room and time for that relationship. I can't go to her and say, hey, come on, why aren't things getting better? I said I want things to get better. But do we do that with God? Lord, I told you, I I prayed it yesterday, I'm praying it again today, and I'm getting so frustrated because I told you I want more of you. I want to see these things in my life. I want to be able to do this for you, and, and, and I want all that. But where is my decrease? When, when we went to Maryland, those of us that went um, this past fall, and I've shared some of this before, but there was, a, there was a time where certain individuals were called up to the front and prayed over, and what they said happened there was the gift of impartation, a ministry of impartation was taking place, where... It's a scriptural thing, okay, that says the gifts that were in you by the laying on of hands, that's a spiritual thing. It's a scriptural thing. And so that's what was taking place. And then this one of the ministers that was involved in that began to speak a little bit about times in the past where a similar type of ministry had taken place and he was saying, I know I've seen, I've observed individuals where ministers prayed impartation and, and spiritual ministry and giftings were imparted into individuals' lives. And 
he's a, he was saying, I've observed where those individuals that received this impartation, this spiritual impartation, they, that in the moment they received it, but they didn't make room in their life for it. And he says, it, this will only work if you make room for it. He, he, he gave this little analogy and it stuck with me and it brought to mind this such a vivid picture in my, in my mind. Because I can remember a time, um, I want to say it was uh, one of our children that was over, I believe it was at Seattle Children's Hospital several years back. And uh, we were there. It was at least an overnight stay, maybe even a couple of, of days there. But we had a, a room that was up on a kind of higher floor, and it was overlooking some of their, uh, their grounds there at, at, around the hospital, y- uh, yards and, and gardening and all that, that type of thing, their landscaping. But in the middle of their landscaping was a massive hole in the ground. It was at least 20, probably more like 30 or even 40 feet in diameter, a giant hole, and it was deep. And I saw it the day that we got there, and I thought, that's really weird. I mean, it's just a perfectly dug out hole around this landscaping that's really nice and well kept. And and what's going on there? Well, the next morning, I wake up and I check check it out again, and... Laying on the ground beside the hole was a giant tree. I mean, it, this thing was like down the road, but it had, it had been uprooted, and it, it still had all of its root system intact. I mean, it looked just like a nice, big, pretty, healthy tree, except it was laying on the ground beside this hole. I, I missed how they brought that in. I wish I would have seen it. That's got to be a sight to see. A giant tree just being moved. Well, what they were doing was transplanting that tree, moving it from one location to the other. But what they had to do first was dig that hole. What they had to do was make room for what was going to be put in there. And that's what this minister had said. You've received some things to, tonight in this, in this setting but you have to make room for it. And I'll tell you what, you have to make room for it every day. So it caused me to, to reflect on my life and think, if, if what I have received from God and the, the things that he wants to do and the gifts and the ways that he wants to operate are so great and so massive, then what does this need to look like? My spirit reflect. I know it's got, I mean, yeah, I don't want just a tiny little, you know, sad Charlie Brown Christmas tree type of gifting going on in here. That's pretty easy to make room for one day. And, but no, I want to see great things. I, I know that we all do. I believe we do. But what this scripture is saying is, if you want to really see those things, you want to see more of him increase of him then you must decrease you can't just both continue 
God help you if you do. If, if he chooses to step in and use you without the proper decrease going on, without the proper help or, 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 or space being made for him, then, then, then we just find ourselves in trouble. I want you to look at one more scripture. Hebrews chapter 12. I believe it was Elder Hart that ministered from this passage a few weeks ago. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. But And I might have even shared this here before. I'm sure I probably have in the past. But as we're talking about making room, opening up for his spirit, increase of his spirit, decrease of me and my, my own flesh, and my own carnality. This scripture says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And as I, I've heard that scripture for so long and, and, and heard it talked about, preached about, mentioned here and there. I had some kind of a disconnect between my understanding and this scripture because when it says the weight and sin that doth so easily beset us and the next thing that it says, let us run the race, I had this, I guess, understanding or image in my mind of the weight and the sin getting me off the course of the race that I'm supposed to be running. And really, if you want to know, I kind of just think I was interpreting beset to mean offset. That's kind of a little glimpse into my understanding of it. The scripture doesn't say that the weight and the sin offsets us and just, you know, knocks you off the course and then you got to lay it aside and get back on the course and start running again. What that scripture, what that word really means to be beset. I've used this before, this visual. Brother Lewis, Brother Gabriel, why don't you help me? Brother Ruben, why don't you help me? Come up here for a second. I want to give you this visual of what this means. The weight and the sin. Go ahead, stand up here. We're going to let Brother Gabriel be the runner. We're going to let, I don't care, you fight it out who's the weight and who's the sin. But, <laughs> but this, this is the visual of what it means for the weight and the sin. So Brother Gabriel's got a race that he's trying to run. We've got weight and sin. And what this really means, why don't you, st you stand right here, put your arms up like you're guarding him in basketball. No, no, no. Like, you, like you're guarding him, in, uh, well, not you, because you hurt people in basketball. <laughs> but I want you to act like you're surrounding him, up and over the top of him. And, and all of us, what we are doing is besetting him. Because what beset means is to attach and to be affixed to. Not just, oh, hey, get, why don't you go over there for a minute? Or distract. Uh, uh, let me read you the actual. It means to skillfully surround the weight and the sin, skillfully surround. 
not even just surround him. They skillfully, with intention, surround him. Because if the enemy, oh, let me read, you guys stay there. You're, you make good models. It's here. The competitor, that's this word. It, it speaks of a competitor. The, the weight and the sin are tools of the competitor. And the competitor intentionally makes it difficult for him to run the race by affixing themselves to him. You can sit down. Thank you. So I, I, I use this other word when I got this picture of it. I guess you, you probably get this if you're if you have children or especially girls around. They, they have this activity called bedazzling, I think is what they call it. It's where they take those little sparkly jewel things. And you could take just a regular, I don't know, notebook or, or whatever they want to do it to, iPad cover. And, and they attach those little jewels all over it. And before you know it, it's not just a, it's not, you don't even see what the original case looked like. You just see the jewels and beads and whatever pretty things they put on there. And I thought that is an accurate depiction of what the weight and the sin does in my life by besetting themselves to me. What the scripture says is, let us lay aside. <laughs> to me, I get the picture like this. I got to take them off. Because they are besetting me. They are beset to me. And then, once I get them taken off, it says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. If I am trying, again, if I'm trying to, to get the will of God done in my life, I want to see the work of God done in my life. It's, it's really as simple as following his will, or as what this scripture would say, running with patience the race that's set before us. Because who do you think it is that determines the course of the race? The Lord determines my course. So really, if I'm trying to do his will, I'm wanting to see his perfect work in me, then it's as simple as getting on the course and running the race. But this scripture gives us insight into why I might not be on the course running the race. It's because I've got weights, sins that are 
blocking me, blocking my course. I don't know how strong Brother Gabriel is, but really what he would have to do is pick up that weight and put it over there. Or the sin, lay it over there, cast it off, cast it aside. And when it's no longer attached, run with patience the race that's set before him. Why don't you pray with me where you're seated there? Lord Jesus. God, you see every person in this room. You know our desire to please you, our desire to live for you. God, and you especially know our desire to be involved in the work of your kingdom. Jesus, we truly want to see miracles done and signs and wonders performed by the power of your spirit through us. Jesus, we want to speak your word. We want to share your word. Lord Jesus, I pray right now, God, give us each this wisdom. Jesus, I pray, God, if you would illuminate the things in our lives. Jesus, let it be the work of your spirit. Let it be the work of your spirit, Jesus, that we could walk circumspectly, that we could walk in the light, that there would be no darkness or work of the enemy, Lord Jesus that would offset or beset me. Jesus, that would deter me from running the race that you've set before me. In the name of Jesus, God, my desire is to please you. Jesus, I pray right now, illuminate areas in my life, God, where I need to decrease. Jesus, my time, I pray. Lord, I pray I give it to you right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I give it all to you. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, why don't you just pray there a little bit longer. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Lord Jesus, we want to see your kingdom come, Lord. We want the word of God to increase. We want the work of your Spirit to increase, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let there be an emptying right now. An emptying of your spirit. Lord Jesus, anything. God, that you ask of me, I want to be willing to give it. In the area of my life, God, that you long. That you long for Jesus, I want to be willing to give it. In the name of Jesus. 
I'm going to turn this over to Elder Hart at this time. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Continue to talk with him. Would you do that? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, do you remember the word that Elder Flowers started with tonight? Awakening. Awakening. There's a scripture in one of Paul's letters, I believe it is. He referenced walking circumspectly, redeeming the time. There's another place where he was writing and he said, now it is high time. And he referenced putting off the work of the flesh. He said, now is high time. He was speaking in the same vein of the spirit as he was writing. Where we read there in Ephesians. There is a deep beckoning of the spirit of the Lord here tonight. A deep beckoning of the spirit of the Lord here. And he's reaching to all of us that would respond. Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm waiting because I feel a strong pull of the spirit. But I also feel the love of God. He's long-suffering, you know. And he's beckoning and he's drawing because of the hour that we live in. And his desire to use us, each and every one. How do you know... How do you know if that thing, we'll call it that thing, whatever that thing is, how do you know if it's a weight or a sin? Well, you know if it's a sin by the word of God. How do you know if it's a weight? Right, we're, if we're not careful, we're really good at going, well, is that a sin? I don't know so much that the question is sin. It may be. If I know to do good and I don't do it, the scripture says to me, that's sin. Sin more often is not a problem. When we think about sin, we often think in, think in terms of what we do that we shouldn't do. Does that make sense? Right. I, I would say more often than not, for those of us that are pursuing the Lord and being used of him, more often than not, 
the sin that we step into is not the things we do that we shouldn't. It's the things we don't do that we should. It's sins of omission, not sins of commission. Does that make sense? Sin is not me committing wrong. It's not doing right when I know I should. Or not walking in the precepts of the word when I know I should. And so I have to lay aside those things. What usually keeps me from doing what I should be doing as a child of God? Almost always a time issue. Don't raise your hand. How many of you would spend more time in prayer if you had more time? How many of you would spend more time digging in the word if you just had more time? See, the things we don't do are usually a product of how much time we don't have. Often that's how we would, can we agree with that, right? I have a birthday card in my backpack that has been traveling with me all over the state. It's for my sister's 50th birthday, which was April the 18th. It's still sitting in my backpack. Now, I've called her. We've spoke. We've talked. We've spent time on the phone. We've conversed, yada, yada, yada. Since April, have I not had time to write in that card and go put it in a mailbox? I mean, really. I'm not that busy. No, my, I've just omitted what I should have done. Does that make sense? And so we have ways of letting our time get robbed. And the sin we have to guard against and pray against is what I'm omitting, not what I'm committing. Now, there may be sins of commission, but usually those we know. Right? We pretty much know. I can say something with the wrong spirit to my wife. I know, right? I know. I need to go talk to her, and then I need to go talk to God. Sometimes I need to go talk to God first. Then that's probably the way I need to do it most of the time, then go talk to her. But omission. And so I have to look for those areas where I'm omitting the things that would allow me to see the things I want to see in relationship with God and him working through me. And so how do I determine what a weight is? Anybody ever felt a weight on you? Yeah? Yeah, you know what that feels like? Yeah. We usually know what weight feels like. So I can determine a weight is anything that hinders me from walking in the fullness of relationship with God that he would want. I, I don't know why this came to my mind. I'm not trying to pick on a thing. The second you start naming something, people think you start trying to start a list. That's not the goal. But I remember a few years ago, it's probably been three now. Uh, I remember when Brother Zario made a decision and he cleaned out all of his gaming stuff. It's been about three years. About right. 
I think he had to have Gabriel come over and delete his name because or somebody because he's like I just couldn't do it myself I had to have somebody because it was the loss of all of his history and everything he'd built up through the years and all that was was gaming a sin I don't think he was playing games that were sin. there's some games that I think out there that are probably a sin what was he doing he was dealing with a weight he was dealing with a weight It was something that was consuming his time, his energy, his thought process, his emotional energy, right? It was consuming all of those things, and so it was keeping him from the fullness of relationship that God wanted him to walk in. It was a weight. I think that word, Brother Flowers gave the great picture up here with the models. We have models. Lord, don't let that go to their heads. <laughs> of that word beset. And I thought he was going to keep going in that definition in the, Hebrew, in the Greek word. It's to thwart in every direction. Every direction. Have you ever... I, I won't ask you. I'll tell you about myself and if fits it fits I've gotten going in days at times and I I have the best intentions I've got some notes scribbled down some things I'm gonna dig in the word I'm gonna get in there it's just on my heart I'm gonna go in and dig and then some other task came up some of oh I need to get this done I need to get that done and then I finally sit down about 8 30 at night you know what I'm talking about, Brother Lewis? Open the book. I'm going to start digging in there, Sister Schoonover. I got the best intentions. It's been on my mind all day. Man, I sit there. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you young kids are like, Brother Hart, you're falling asleep at 8.30? Yes. No, young kids don't laugh at me. Usually I wake up about 4 o'clock, and so 8.30, I'm starting, if I sit down and get still. And I'll end up going to sleep, and I'll get up the next day, and I'm like, why didn't I just do that first? All my tasks rob my time. Tasks have to be done, you understand. Certain things have. But I'm talking about things that, that, that can become weights. That keep us from the Lord is wanting us to walk in fullness of relationship with him. He's wanting us to walk in his will and his purpose. He's wanting to use us in the miraculous daily. And so I have to take this scripture to heart. And I have to pray, God, let the light of your spirit and word so shine in me. And illuminate those areas. And God, by your grace, I will lay them aside so that I can run this race. I can run this race. Stand with me. Hear me tonight. There is not a one of us in this room that has a harder race to run than the next. 
We may be at different places in the race, so it may seem harder for one right now than another. But God's not a respecter of persons. And the race we're running is the race that he has set before us. He's the, right, the scripture says right after that, looking unto, as we're running, looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher. And so I'm running looking to him. When I stop looking to him is usually when I start getting beset. Awakening. Awakening. I feel the Holy Ghost asking this question. How long will you and I allow weights that we know about to continue to be weights in our life? How long will we allow weights that we know about that by his word speaking to us tonight and letting his spirit speak to us through his word, how long will we allow things that are illuminated to us as weights in our lives to continue to be that? He's beckoning us to run. He's beckoning us to run the race. Would you please talk with him again? Come on, the decreasing of ourselves is the putting off of those weights. These things that have become so a part of us, that's the decreasing of myself. But we'd say, oh, but that's who I am. I've got to let that be pulled away from me by the love and the grace of God and my purposeful action to lay aside. There's something that's done by me. There's times where we've prayed, Lord, take it from me. But the instruction of the scripture is for us to lay aside. There's some things I have to do. There's some action I have to take. I have to lay aside. I have to put aside And I don't want to just put it aside till I can pick it up again. I want to put it aside purposing not to take it up again. In the name of Jesus, I pray the enabling grace of God tonight for what you're calling us to. For what you're inviting us to and what you're asking of us. Because of your desire and plan to continue to work in with and through us. Because of that which is set before us in this race. I pray the grace of God tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray our spirits be awakened by the word and the beckoning of the spirit of God. That we cannot go without responding to you Lord. In the name of Jesus I pray. In the name of Jesus. I pray. Ikamaye tolobosia baye telediata. Imaledia rabaye tolobosia rabaye telediata maha. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. 
if I go too long and I continue to ignore, I become callous to it. And then I no longer call it a weight. It just is a part of who I am. And then it takes more and more of a deeper digging, working of his spirit to get me to the place he needs me to be. Praise God. I so thank you for the openness of your spirit tonight. I I don't feel resistance here. I'm not pushing because I feel resistance. I just feel the Lord wanting to make sure. This is a word that, it's a word of the Lord that is asking us to respond. And we can't just respond here in 10 minutes or 20 minutes and then say, thank the Lord. We can respond with our spirit, but now we have to say, I recognize, Lord, where you've spoken to me. Now, when I walk out of here by your grace and the leading, I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm going to do my action. I'm going to lay aside. Amen. Can we commit that to him tonight before we go? Would you be willing to express that with your mouth to him? And if he's illuminated something specific, and I believe he has in many areas of our lives tonight, would you be willing to be so bold to express to the Lord, Lord, I am going to lay aside and name. If he, if he spoke something to your spirit or illuminated something to you, would you be willing to express to him out of your mouth, Lord, I'm going to lay aside this because I want the deeper relationship. I want the way you're wanting to use me to be fulfilled. Father, you know my heart. You understand my frame. I'm so thankful for the gentle drawing of your spirit tonight and your desire towards us. We love you. Open our eyes and our understanding in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord bless you tonight. Greet someone. You're dismissed in his beautiful name.